Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Let's welcome in Todd Shepard. Hey, Todd, good morning. Good morning, Don. How are you? I'm good. We we survived the weekend. We didn't have flooding, knock wood. So I hope oh. that your base, I mean, I had neighbors' basements flooding and so much rain, so... I think that's what we're all talking about, the cleanup and road closures. It was a, a mess over the weekend for sure. So tough and, and just prayers to those families yes. that are dealing with, with law, I mean, losses of loved yeah. ones. It's un, unbelievable to think that something like that, you know, took three lives and probably more, it sounds like. Yeah. So. yeah, the death toll they've announced this morning, the death toll rose to five. Rose to five. five yeah, okay. I, people killed. I thought that. I thought that would would happen, yeah. and I didn't know it was official. So thanks for for bringing that to everybody's attention. Yeah, and you bring up the good point. We we hear things from our sources, and we hear things from family members, but we wait for the official, you know, word because I know there are people holding out hope, and they have to notify next of kin. That's why they're being very cautious with even releasing some of the names. So we are too. But let's talk about this, Todd. I mean, and I think it's relevant to talk about this latest story for these little boys 10 and 12 years old who stole a hyundai crashed in philadelphia they're okay there's a woman hospitalized but you think about the culture of crime in philadelphia and and what we are experiencing here and then how it's it, it has an effect on the suburbs and we've talked a lot about that with cause and effect and so and so you and and our friend Ben Manis with Broad and Liberty really investigated the numbers where you hear that the arrest numbers are going down and just try to explain it. And I think that's important because we hear about the stats and then we think about what we're feeling in real time and why sometimes it doesn't add up to the average person. So take us through, first of all, why you investigated and then what you found. Well, I think you set it up nicely. I mean, that that incident of the the young people and look, I'm still sort of shook by the video that I saw over the weekend that Philadelphia police released of that carjacking, um, you know, where that man intervened in the middle of the carjacking and was shot. And they think that the that the perpetrators were people who were 14 or 15. Right. I mean, yeah. n- not even of uh, legal age to be driving. Um and so I was listening to a podcast that, and it just so happened they started talking about, you know, sort of the politics of crime, the way it was 
probably that and and this podcast was saying well we we think it's probably being overcovered on Fox News and it's being undercovered everywhere else and the, you know the truth is probably somewhere in the middle and this one person i was listening to um brought up the stat of arrests per police man hour and this is a statistic i had worked with in the past but i hadn't in such a while that it had sort of slipped from my memory and when I heard that, I, it, I, I just had the light bulb go off, and I said, of course, this is what I need to, to go ask for Philadelphia, from Philadelphia police. So I submitted a right-to-know request, and I essentially said I want you know, any, any document that shows arrest um, by any time period. I don't care if it's weeks, months, years, um, but just give me that document and take me all the way back to, I think I, said, I, think I went a decade, 2012. Uh, and then I asked for documents that said, you know, sort of show me the, the number of, of police you have by month or whatever, you know, going back the same time period. Well, the, the police won't release that last bit, right? They're not going to tell you how many officers they have on the force or how many, uh, you know, patrols they have on the street. And the theory is, is that if that sort of information were known, mm-hmm. it might make it might embolden some criminals in some areas or it might not in some other, uh, you know, but uh, the, the, the main thrust there is they say, we, we can't tell you who or how many cops we had at any one time, even though we can glean that information from some other sources like the city controller's office. But they did give me um, pretty specific data of arrests going back to 2018. And they said that was as far back as at least the data that they could give me they said it only goes back to 2018. So we worked with what we had, um, put it into a spreadsheet, and arrests um, just nosedived incredibly. Um, you know, obviously, the biggest part of that started in the pandemic year of 2020. I don't think that will be a huge surprise to anyone. But it is worth, when you look at the data, you can definitely see that um, there's already a, a downward trend that, that happened from 2018 to 2019. Um, but there's a huge drop-off from 2019 to 2020, and that continues uh, pretty significantly into 2021. So let me just give, uh, try to prepare everyone who's listening. I'm going to give you some numbers. I know numbers aren't great for radio, but um, all of the arrests, and this is according to Philadelphia police, so I, you know, taking it straight from the horse's mouth, um, they said they had 51,000, let's call it 51,600 arrests total in 2118. By 2021, that number had dropped to 29,800. So uh, not quite cut in half, but pretty close. Um, and from there, it levels off into 2022. In other words, from 2021 to 2022, if anyone thought, well, the pandemic's over and now it will start to rebound, that didn't happen. So the the other thing I, I think that is really important here is the police, in addition to uh, updating their homicide number every day, if anybody's familiar with that website, they also put weekly and yearly statistics on that website too. They're not always as easy to find, but you have to click through a couple of links. So we compared the number of arrests to the number of reported incidents through that same period. And 
here's what we came up with, and I'm reading directly from the story now, analyzing these two sets of data together. So that would be the arrest data Mm -hmm. and the reported incidents data. There were 78 arrests in Philadelphia for every 100 incidents reported in 2018. By 2022, that ratio had dropped to 32 arrests for every 100 incidents reported. So uh, incidents were going up at the same time, arrests were going down, and you can see what a dramatic effect it had on on that pretty important statistic. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's amazing. I mean, even 78, and I always go to, you know, cause I, a mom, so I go 78 of a hundred, that's like a C minus, isn't it? But I know that might be considered <laughs> a lot, but 32, I mean, oh my gosh, 32 out of a hundred. And is that the, so I look at that and I say, well, is that the effect of pandemic combined with Krasner? What are they blaming it on? Yeah. Into your sources. So one of the things I think if people will go to the story and read it is um, we got a very quality response from police commissioner outlaw, um, at least in terms of, I'll say it was a quality response in terms of, I don't feel like she tried to dodge any questions. Um, and, you know, the, the email that she sent back was a couple of pages in terms of her on the record response. And that's a whole lot more than we, I mean, look, I've, the number of stories I've done on the district attorney's office, I've never even had them email back with a one word response. So, uh, you know, I was very pleased that they engaged us so well on this and such to the point that we put the full response at the bottom of the story so that people could read the full response for themselves. We did, you know, and, and that also sort of gives commissioner outlaw the fullest voice so that we can't really, it makes it harder for us to take her out of context accidentally, you know? So, um, but she, she, first of all, she mentions, uh, you know, that she came into her position at the Philadelphia Police Department in 2020. So, you know, it's harder for her to speak to things in 2018 and 2019. But she does address, uh, look, that um, criminologists, academics are still scrambling to put the pieces together of what happens uh through the pandemic, what, you know, what the causes, I mean, there are so, so many myriad causes and effects that, that happen, but it's, it's hard sometimes to isolate them and, and really understand them. And a lot of that is going on. I think that's absolutely correct. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of confusion around that still. Um, she also mentions that, that there has been a push by the department in some cases to lower arrests in some cases. So, um, for example, they partnered with uh, the MacArthur Foundation, which is one of the 50th, 50 wealthiest uh, foundations in America. And they got this, it's called a Safety and Justice Challenge Grant. And, you know, the whole point of this grant is to try to reduce the number of arrests, especially for low-level things. So she points out, she makes a good point in, in one case that um, a lot of nuisance crimes like, say, um, somebody's disturbing the peace on a sidewalk. Previously, they might have been arrested, and now they're just given, um, it's a citation more than it is an arrest. And she, So she said, like, that's one of the things that we're hoping that still provides a corrective action to the public, but it, it lowers, you know, it doesn't incarcerate someone. 
Um, and, you know, they're very forthright about that because obviously they're, they partnered in that grant and so forth. But we also spoke to, um, you know, some police off the record. We quoted one uh, anonymously, and this person absolutely said that there has been a chilling effect thanks to Larry Krasner um, and, and basically said, um, you know, every time you go and you are you might have to arrest someone, um, that's a risk proposition for the officer, um, for their physical safety and for, quite honestly, for their career reputation. Yeah. And, and again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this officer, but he says, uh, essentially, you know, every time we're confronted with an arrest, uh, we think in the back of our heads, Larry Krasner doesn't have our back. And if this goes sideways, um, Larry Krasner is going to undermine my reputation. He's, he might, he's going to think more seriously about criminally charging me than other DAs would have in the past. And so, um, you know, he, he basically said other, other people have heard about the Ferguson effect, which is, you know, came out of the Ferguson unrest. I think it was in 2014 or 2013. Um, hard to believe it was 10 years ago or about that long. But absolutely, this this police blamed Larry Krasner. And the uh, last thing I'll mention on this is I found it very interesting that we asked that question to Commissioner Outlaw, and she didn't dismiss it out of hand or she didn't just try to sidestep it. She said, if there are officers that feel that way, we need to engage this issue and we need to work on it. Um, and I thought the very fact that she acknowledged it was was sort of telling in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And. I would combine that with, you know, you're looking at the pandemic, you're looking at the defund the police movement and police feeling the, you know, what, what society is feeling, mental health and, and with police not feeling respected or appreciated. You know, and I think of even what happened Friday, Philadelphia Police Department struck by tragedy twice on Friday. Two officers died in these separate situations, one at home, one on duty, uh, 39th District, they broke the news. Officer Kevin Whetstone died from a heart attack uh, and uh, leaves behind his wife and children. And then we have a young, you know, another officer, uh, Lenise Hill, 3rd District officer. She was found unresponsive in her patrol car. I still don't have all the details on that one. It was an overnight assignment, 24-year veteran of the police department. I think of the, the stress of the, the job in, in ordinary circumstances, but now you put all these layers on top of these officers. Krasner, that impact, uh, COVID, post-COVID, the former defund the police movement. I look at all of this and I think, well, no wonder we're having all these problems. It doesn't surprise me that arrests are, are down. Is there any hopeful side to this as you investigated this? And great job on this, Um to our friend, you know, Todd Shepard, as well as Ben Manis, who I know worked on this with you. Was there any upside to any of the freedom of information requests as you were looking through this? Well, I would say combined with other crime reporting we've been doing, like um, the the thing that still stands out to me is that um, auto thefts in Philadelphia are are the the really the leading are, that's the category where these these increases especially in the last year have been and it seems to me that if if police can can really hit that category 
hard, then they can they can make a lot of headway in in some of the crime that's non homicide related. Obviously, we're all familiar with with that the homicides hit 500 two years in a row. Um, you know, homicides are about they're tracking of anywhere from 15 to 20 percent behind those two years currently, which is an encouraging sign. But still, the city's on pace to to be, you know, two times what what we were in, let's say, you know, 2016 or, or 2015. Um, so it really comes down to these couple of categories um, that that I think are are driving most of the increases there. There are a lot of um, there are some categories that you would think would be up and they're not. You would think assaults and aggravated assaults um, would be up 50 percent or 60 percent. Um, sometimes they're flat and sometimes they're just up 10 percent. And I know 10 percent is still a lot. But compared to auto thefts being up 100 percent, you know, mm-hmm. I'll take 10 percent uh, an increase. Of, you know, that, that like that's manageable and workable to me is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, I, I would also say, I, I, you know, obviously, I think to the elections, I think, um, you know, Sherelle Parker has said, I, I, I'm going to hire more cops. Um, we talk about the, 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 the fewer cops that have been hired at, at the departments over the last couple of years, um, especially since the pandemic. Um, and, and certainly, it, you know, if David O should should somehow win the, 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 the contest in November, um, mm-hmm. it's it's unquestionable that he will bring a, a tougher approach on crime. So I think a lot of those things, it, you know, in combination, I also think the fact that it leveled off from 2021 to 2022, if it had gotten worse between those two years, um, like that really would have been an eye popper for me. But the fact that it, it seemed that it might be showing a bottom. Um, I think that might be something for people to, to really take note of as well. Yeah. I will say, and you mentioned Sherelle Parker, <clears throat> who's the, the presumed winner, uh, the, you know, presumed to be the next mayor of Philadelphia because of the seven to one, you know, voter registration in Philadelphia with, you know, Democrats, really leading and dominating over Republicans between David O and Sherelle Parker. But it is disappointing to me as a Philadelphia resident, Todd, that we don't see Sherelle Parker. Um, I don't see a lot of David O, but I, I just haven't seen Sherelle Parker speaking out in any meaningful way for about a month now. We had that mass shooting, so-called mass shooting that happened over the July 4th holiday. Uh, we have a lot of situations on a daily basis and to me, that I, I it's worrisome and it's disappointing, you know. And I'm glad that you brought up the leadership aspect of it. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of that is, you know. Oftentimes there are, you know, like uh, I, I always assume that we that our audi- that the audience here on twelve twelve ten is is a great baseball audience, and mm-hmm. people are always familiar with the unwritten rules of baseball, right? Um, <laughs> Sometimes there are these unwritten rules of politics, like, you know, if your predecessor's still in office, sometimes you hang back a little bit. I don't know if that's the case here. Um, it may be that, I, you know, I, I could make up a couple of yeah. scenarios where I could see where she's just trying to step back. Um, but at the same time, I also get the sense of what you're saying in that um, the, the likelihood that she will 
win, you know, I mean, I mean, just from the sheer statistical yeah. approach of it, it's, it's so significant that she, in many ways, she has already become the de facto mayor um, in, in some ways. I was talking to someone, it's funny, I, and, uh, you know, I mentioned before that I thought it was interesting that Commissioner Outlaw even gave us a response about the question, is Larry Krasner responsible for a kind of pullback effect with mm-hmm. police? And I said, I told this, this person, I said, I was surprised that she answered that. And the person said to me, well, maybe with knowledge that the new mayor yeah. will be Parker or O, maybe that was enough to, to give outlaw sort of the breathing room to go ahead and, and address that, right? Yeah. Like knowing that, that a new administration's coming and that, that there will be more support uh, or more vocal support for the police in the coming months and years. Maybe that was enough for, to, to feel, to help commissioner outlaw feel emboldened to answer that one question. And I thought that was a smart response, you know? And so that's the sort of thing that's even in the back of my mind that just knowing that, that November will change things is already starting to impact the environment right now. Yeah. Well, and the fact that she wants maybe some more positive press coverage because she's looking for a new job too. So that, that might, that might be, that might be it as well. Todd Shepard, we'll leave it there. What do you work? Can you share with us what your work? I know you're, always working on investigations. So sometimes you can or cannot share, but can you share what's um, up next? I've got a couple of things in Bucks County that I'm working on, and I'm excited about these just because uh, we, we haven't done, we haven't given Bucks County as much attention as we want. But so I'll just leave it at that. But I'll okay. say I have another story that I've been working on for uh, about six weeks. It's huge. It's one of the hardest stories I've worked on. And when I finish it, I think you and I are going to spend a whole hour on it, actually, because it's complex. It's complicated. The political angles are so intense. And I think you and I think you and your listeners will be fascinated by this. I have been just as the reporter every 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 time I turn over a new page, I go, I can't believe this is still like this. Every new page brings a new surprise to me. I think your listeners are going to love it. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait for that. Absolutely. Todd Shepard. Uh, Broad and Liberty. Thank you so much, Todd. Really appreciate Thanks, you. Yeah. Be well. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.